all the support Revolutionary Voodoo New Orleans Food Secrets and Recipes, all truly and indeed a blessing. Greetings.
Forgive me, Blog Talk Radio. I had you on mute. <laughs> Divine all blessed, peace and love, joy and prosperity, and welcome yet again to another edition of Revolutionary Hoodoo, New Orleans Voodoo Secrets and Recipes, understanding that all is truly indeed a blessing if you can just see beyond the veils, for it's all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, reiteration, and it is my ever-living reality. It is crucial and critical to everything that I do, I think, I understand, I understand. It is my point of beginning. It is my point of crystallizing all that we might experience here on Mother Father Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding. It is the place where I begin. It's the place where I end. All my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny. And I and I alone create and co-create my divine all-blessed reality. And so it is. Ashe. Ashe, oh, Ashe, this Monday, May 11th, 2020, all is truly and indeed a blessing. Listen, I say that every day. It is my intro. It is indeed my mantra. But people ask me, how do I do it? Why do I do it? What keeps me doing it? Etc. It's all is a blessing. It's that simple. It's all is a blessing. I don't quit. I don't stop. I don't give up. I see the challenges as indeed just that. Challenges, tests, illusions, greater power that we all have the choice, have the option to personalize, to utilize. For, for our own growth, and in, and in so doing, that of your friends, your family, your community, and, and ultimately humanity itself. This is not a one-stop destination. <laughs> this is not, um, give me a set of chores, let me handle those chores, and I'm done. This is a life journey. And if I'm not clear, voodoo is a life journey. ATR is a life journey. It can be observed. It can be researched. It can be studied. It can be looked at. You know, but when we say it's us, when we say it's here, when we say it's who you are, when we say it's you and I, then it takes on a whole nother level. I like to describe it as a garden. And you build your box, your planter, your space, your crate, your pot, wherever you might create your garden. And you can be creative in the creation of a garden, by the way. You don't necessarily have to have your, your crops in the ground. Very few of my crops are in the ground. You don't necessarily have to have a whole lot of space. You just have to be creative and understand the foundational parts for fruition, for growth, for, for productivity. So, so you start with a, with a box. We like to call that a sacred space here in this room. 
And so you have your dirt and you have your fertilizers and, and you have all the good stuff, the nutrients that go into the development of the future flower or, or fruit or produce to come. And then you plant seeds and, and not just any seed, the best seed you can acquire. And some of us don't do that well with seed. I like cutting. I like to get a little trimming, a little cutting, nurture it in some water, water, wisdom, knowledge, information, science, math, and our ability to be fluid in the world. But we put our cutting in some water and we allow it to root. We, we allow it to form some roots on it first. And then you take that out. And then you might transfer it to a nice size pot or, or, or in the ground, depends on where you, you're developing your garden. And then you nurture that and you give it just enough water and you allow it plenty of sun and, and you allow it to grow and to develop. And, and some of us that are really into our gardens, that are really into our herbs and, and roots and vegetables and, and e-way, <laughs> um, we take it like it's personal, like it's family, for indeed it is, to grow something, to nurture something, to hand care for something, and then to watch it grow and sprout and develop, and then bear seed and bear fruit, and then provide you future cuttings for the development of future gardens. So without that foundation in place, everything you put on top of that is going to fall through. Everything you put on top of that is going to rot. Everything you put on top of that is it's just a facade. It's just a cover-up if you don't address what's in the ground, if you don't address what's at the root system. And so every day, I, I say we must acknowledge in all things our ancestors. And whether you get that or not, the moment you breathe, the moment you wake up and, and, and realign with your humanity, with your physicalness, you're standing up and your ancestors are standing up in you. They're in your DNA. They're in your blood. They're with you. Now, you can choose to not hear them, to ignore them, to believe that they only reside, you know, over there, you know, in that cemetery, you know, that, that there may or may not be something yet beyond but indeed, from the scientific perspective, from the mathematical perspective, they're here and they're with you. And so we acknowledge them in all things. And particularly today, in the ritual calendar of things, my students, my initiates, my godchildren, they, they know what time it is. They know the day of the week. And so they understand sort of the flow that I'm moving in right now. So we also acknowledge spirit of the white cloth. Oh, I've got magical things in my basket. <laughs> I've got all kind of magical things in my basket. And we acknowledge that great Yami, that great power of women, so powerful that it's seen as more powerful than, than nature itself, than humanity it, itself, and often misrepresented, by the way. But the ability for, for a woman to produce life, to give birth, to create or recreate the next generation, 
that's not witchcraft. That's divine magic. That's, that's magic and science at its height. And so we acknowledge in ATR, we acknowledge within the systems these great powers. And of course, we cannot ignore Omolu. Dare we ignore Omolu, Babalu Oye, in, in the spirit of the season and in the weather? So I must briefly acknowledge before I move on into my topic the spirit of the day. Understand there are spikes occurring. There are spikes happening. It might not be in your town. It might not be in your city. It might not be in your parish. It might not be in your county. But there are spikes occurring. I told you, look at Atlanta. Look at some of these these areas that were so quick in wanting to open up. Just pay attention. So I still say be careful, be clean, be studious, be attentive, be aware, be conscious. But by all means, stay home. <laughs> Continue to stay home unless you're an essential worker. And my hat's off to the essential workers, the people who are on the front line every day. And, and I include my delivery person, the, the Uber delivery person, the, the uh, Instacart delivery person, the Walmart delivery person. My hat's off to you because you, too, are indeed stepping out into a new world every day. And some of y'all still don't get it. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it again today, but some of y'all still don't get it. You ain't got no mask on. You're bouncing around, bouncing around like it's a day at the beach, like it's a day at the park, you know, and you're cool with it. But I also predicted a change in the news and the media. Did I not? Are they now not really presenting some children at you? So y'all like children. Y'all sensitive to children. Y'all sensitive to animals. Okay, the, 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 the cat with it, the tiger with it, that didn't get y'all. But, but now it's showing up in children in a very unique way, particularly in, on the East Coast, New York City. And, and as they've already said before, New York City is the gateway to the world. So it will find its way to a neighborhood near you how it's now affecting children. And it's just really weird and it's unexplainable the mutation that this virus is taking on as it travels the world and goes into the communities and we put up barriers. You know, just like our antibacterial, remember just last year, you know, we were being told we were overdoing the antibacterial. Y'all are using the antibacterial so much that you're now not able to fight off what used to be common, you know, commonly fightable things, you know, like staph infections and, and things of that nature. And, and now, again, we're back in stage where everybody, you can't even find a Purell. I don't use hand sanitizer, by the way, just for the record. I'm a bleach guy. Give me the bleach by the gallon. I, I can mix up my own concoction. I can create my own spray. I can do my own misting to just make sure I got plenty of bleach, you know, and I'm good. So we have to acknowledge the weather. We have to continue to be careful. And I'm grateful for those of you who are taking the time out of the middle of your day at high noon. U.S. Central Standard Time, 
it's noon here. It might not be noon where you are right now, but I'm grateful for your taking this moment in time space to be a part of this sacred space, this squared circle of God and goddess. And I would too be remiss if I did not, in the spirit of Yami, acknowledge our mothers and our great mothers. Not because somebody decided to make it a holiday. Not because the system acknowledges it, you know, as a part of their holiday structure, but because it is. And it is the moment in time where more people than not are focusing energy on the mother, at the mother, towards the mother, about the mother, inwardly and projectively, outwardly. It's a time that's not so great for some of you. It's a time that drives bad memories for some of you. It's a, it's a trigger point for some of you when we address these holidays, Christmas, New Year's, and Valentine's Day, and for sure, Mother's Day and Father's Day. Many of you know my story. My mother has written her story. My sister Wapani has written her version of, of our story. I'm yet to write that particular version of, of the story. But many of you know my story. You know my background ain't been the, the best. I, I come from the streets and the hard knocks, you know. I also come from a, a, a great place culturally. My Afrocentric edge comes from my mother and, and growing up in, in Washington, D.C. in the 1970s. Being, being there when consciousness was forming, when movements were forming in, in our community and ultimately in our society, movements and, and activities that we now today tend to glorify. So when I am approached with holidays, and, and I want to say these Babylon-like holidays, um, these systematic holidays that have this religious undertone, but then also this symbolic undertone, and then also this um, in God we trust undertone, because there's always that money element attached to our demonstration, if you will, of these holidays. But then there's that population, and I beg to say it's a large population of people who have to push down the past, who are pushing down emotion, who are not trying to think about these holidays and all the trigger points that they register for them. And so I'm grateful I'm grateful for the work that my mother and I have done to heal and to move forward. I'm grateful that my mother is still alive and I still have the opportunity to heal and create a new day each and every day with, with my mother and the relationship to my mother and ultimately to my sister and then my family. But for those of you, particularly when we're looking at ancestor work, I often say we're talking about ancestors, not relatives. Don't get the two discombobulated. You know, the emotions are connected. The the energetic ties are there. The the fam, family ties are there. You know, but don't confuse setting up a sacred space for acknowledging in that space for your ancestors with 
your relationship to your relative, living and those who've gone on, because that work has to be healed. That work has to be addressed. Otherwise, it shows up in other places. It shows up in other arenas. It shows up in your health. It shows up in your career. It shows up in your relationships. It shows up in your children and how your children then go out into the world and see the world. For those of you who are still operating from that great magical book, even it says the sins of the parent fall onto the child. It's assumed that the blessings fall onto the child. That's a given, you know, but the sins, it was important to document the sins falling onto the child. And and many of us are no longer comfortable with or or may have never been comfortable with the word sin and, and how we view sin and what sin is. So let's say toxic energy. Energy that's toxic. Understanding that all energy is absolute. All energy is absolute. We can move it around, reshape it, use it for one thing over here, like the produce in our garden, you know, and, and then use that energy over there for something separate, for something different. It's the cycle of life, if you will. It's the cycle of creation and, and recreation. But if we don't heal the root, take care of the root, make sure the roots are, are pulling from from Fresh water, cool water, cool my head, cool my house, (laughs) cool my face, but also pulling from nutrients, nutrients. You know, so when we we think of Babalu Oye and the antidote, when we think of Iyami, the the great power of of women, the, the great feminine energy that exists, divine energy that exists in the universe. Our next step is, how do we manifest that? How does that show up in who and what I am? How do I walk in that every day? So so it's easy to show up at Christmas in a snapshot on your Instagram. It's easy to show up at, at the club, at the party, in a quick video, you know, in your, in your Facebook space. But there's that space that we don't always see in this realm that can be assumed in the, in the social stratosphere, but I can feel it. As an empath, I take it in and I have to address it. Otherwise it becomes, otherwise it then spills out, spills over and the healing has to be addressed. There's no such thing as I'm over it. I'm done. It was in the past. I'm okay. I'm good. I got a life now. I got kids to raise. I I, I got relationships to maintain. I got to keep my lights on. I got to keep my my power and not address the root and not address the source and not address the center. Oh, it can be so simple. It can be so simple. It can be as simple as a circle and a square and a triangle. But we all have that unique combination, <laughs> that, that, that unique mixture that makes us 
God and makes us goddess, but it also makes us responsible for. It also gives us authority over. It also gives us stewardship over. Not just that which the divine creators innately, inherently gift to us, but this that we're now creating, that we're now recreating. And so we, we must heal the mother. We must heal our relationship to the mother. And it cannot just, and that's why I said it in that order. It cannot just be me and my relationship to We've got to heal the mothers. And then we must heal our relationship to and with the mothers. It shows up how we treat our women. It shows up in how we treat our girls. It, it shows up in what we accept in society from our leaders, from our politicians, from our government. It's a mirror of what we believe innately. Remember, when we say society, you're talking about you. You're talking about me. Often when we, when we say government, we're talking about you. We're talking about me. And, and we all have our influence. We, we all have our roles. It don't require you to be a politician. It don't require you to walk the picket line. It, it don't require you to do anything but to stand up <laughs> in your truth, in your truth. And our truth as a country, as a nation, as a community, as a people, as individuals needs healing, needs healing. And I'm here to do the healing. I'm here to address the empowerment that's associated with the healing. Often, people come to voodoo for magic. People come to voodoo for the quick fix. People come to voodoo for a specific person, place, or thing. It's not often organic evolutionary process of, I want to get better acquainted with my lineage. I want to get better acquainted with my ancestors. I want to fill in the blank. That's often a byproduct. That's often an extra blessing of the lights coming on and some knowledge and some awareness of in the process of doing the work. And particularly in this house, how the work is structured. You can't move without your ancestors. You can't choose without your ancestors. Uh, I know in a literal sense, some of y'all are still trying to digest that, but it's right here. It's right, it's right here. And so there's no such thing as, you know, I'm my own man. I'm my own person. I'm standing on my, on my own two feet. I've made all my own decisions. I'm operating in just purest of autonomy and, and, and clarity in the midst of this storm that is life without influences, without having developed roots, sometimes roots that run deep, sometimes roots with various systems attached to it that run right back to who your mom and them is, who your daddy and them is, who your people is, who are you? 
Who are you? And so you can't come at the voodoo without you and, and, and without getting naked. I, oh, I love Santeria Experience. I know some of you all are familiar with that book. I love Maureen. I think that's how you pronounce your name. Gonzalez, Whiffler, love Santeria Experience. Read it. Reread it. Me and another reader, um, uh, Tarot uh, Leo Brown, talking about this particular book yesterday and how eloquently she demonstrates her experience into African religious system, what we commonly refer to as ATR. Now, if you're familiar with the book, you know she's Latina, she's Hispanic, and she's sharing a very unique and specific branch into these traditions. But I love the book. It's a gateway book. I want to say it was the first voodoo slash Orisha slash ATR-oriented book that I read. And I remember the exact year that I read that book, 1986. 1986. I would have been 20 years old in 1986 when I read that book. And it changed my life forever. But as I got on the path, as I studied with people, initiated with, into systems, gained access to elders and mentors, I learned that she didn't tell you, she didn't give you anything in the book but her experience. She didn't give you the mystery. She didn't teach you the system. She didn't give you any of the secrets, if you will, and indeed, someone who's authentically operating in these systems is not going to violate that code, not for a book, not for fame or fortune, not for entertainment, not on ego, <laughs> not to be seen as right, you know, in the midst of a social media argument, but it's going to protect the legacy of the tradition. And not because of faith, not because of belief. Not because of some occult-like or cult-like power, but based on experience. And and, and let me personalize this, because I say this all the time. I'm not here because it feels good, it looks good, it's popular, it was trending, other folks were doing it. Uh, I I needed an alternative to to the church. That's not why I'm here. That's not how I got here, and that's not why I'm here today. I'm here because voodoo saved my life. Do you understand voodoo saved my life? Imagine being 13 and not being allowed to come home until a certain time of day, not being allowed to have a key to your house. In a big city like the, the, the DMV, the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area, then imagine being a runaway teen on the street at 14, 15, 16, where do you go? What do you do? Who hires you at that age? What do you eat at that age? How do you secure housing at that age? You rely on the system if if you're smart, if you're aware, if you know how to navigate, or the streets raise you, as they say, the the, the hard knocks, as, as they say. So, so don't get it confused. My mother's co- college educated. One would say I had a 
quote-unquote middle-class upbringing around other middle-class people. You know, the Cosby show, I, was, I knew those people. I knew those people. Those people lived across the street from me. Those people lived next door to me. Those people lived on my block. That, that type of family was something that I saw every day. But I also saw heartbreak, tragedy, <laughs> fear, abuse, violence. And then I'm on the street. So don't let my linguistics confuse you. Don't let my poetry confuse you. Don't let my great articulate style confuse you. Don't let my knowledge and wisdom confuse you. I'm from the street, just like you. I've been through hell and back, just like many of you. You wouldn't even begin to understand. You would begin to understand. If my background wasn't extraordinary, my sister and my mother wouldn't need to write three books, nor would the books be successful. But they are, because the background is that extraordinary. So I'm not impressed by fear. I'm not impressed by anxiety. I'm not shut down by, by the challenge. I'm not shut down by, by the emotion that is often brought up when working with ATR. And, 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 and it's not something that people say. It's just a feeling you get. We all want the good, fluffy stuff. We all want to bring my man back and, and help me hit this number and, and, and the quick flash and show ATR-based tradition. But how often do we see the work beyond beloved Yala Van Zandt? <laughs> how often do we see the work being demonstrated and then brought out So where people can see that there's an option here, there's a way around this here. And I know sometimes people think, man, he must have the best life and he don't seem to have a problem in the world. And he seemed to be doing, you know, his voodoo thing. And and, and all of that is relatively true, relatively speaking. But I don't want you to forget where I came from. Because I can't. I can't. The, the Mother's Day and the Father's Day and the Christmas, all of that brings all of that up it, just as much for me as it does for you. And so in the context of this conversation, I, I can't skip over the topic of mental health. Mental health and demonology. In this fertile soil that is Western culture, it is right for mental health for imbalance, for dis-ease. Okay, it's right for it. And the visual message, the subliminal message is, take a pill, send me 1995, and, and in 30 days, you too can be sexier and have a better body and be richer and be, you know, younger and, and whatever, you know. And so we now believe that's, that's, that's life. That's everything. And so it should come easy. It should come quick. It shouldn't come with any effort. And, and no offense to my religious folk, whatever your religion is, but, uh, but I want to speak to the witches. You've got to go through the fire 
right through the middle of the fire, not over it, not around it, standing by walking through the fire, not just reading the book, not just following instructions, not just allowing uh, myself to receive whatever is being offered by, by the elder, by the mentor, by the moment, by the experience, but by walking through the fire, walking through the fire. And so you can't fear the work. You, you can't fear the, the uncovering and discovery of that, which we would rather keep. That's Gade, that we would much rather keep buried. That, that we would much rather keep sealed in that coffin, tucked away. Ooh, it's over and done now. Let me move on. Life goes on. No, no. And that's that's what Getty comes to remind us. No, it's not buried away. It's not tucked away. You can't just forget it now. You, you and, and and stop whoever I'm talking to because I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Stop saying I'm healed. I'm okay. I'm fine when that really means I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to address it. I don't want to, because that's walking through the fire. That's walking through the fire. And so I present in a multitude of ways how to address those spirits, how to address those demons. You know, sometimes you got to use your imagination. Sometimes you got to do the inner work. Suffer is a tricky word, but 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 I, I get you, Keon. I hear you. But suffer, I don't choose to suffer. Does the athlete suffer? Remember, I gave that analogy. The athlete chooses to put a certain amount of discipline in, a certain amount of work in, a certain amount of sweat and 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 stress in, aching muscles and and whatnot to be an athlete. So. Be careful about our words. You know, um, did I suffer as a teenage runaway kid on the street? Depends on your vision. Depends on your view. It it was also some of the greatest times of my life. (laughs) Meeting people, being out in the world with nowhere to go at any particular moment in time space, only to humble yourself to spirit, to, to trust spirit. To, to, and to trust the ancestors to move through humanity uh, on, on your behalf. Some of the, the most powerful people that I've met who changed their life and my very existence would not have been in my path without the journey, without the challenge of the journey. So um, I understand, I do beloved, it, but, but I want to use... Um, the word suffer. Yeah, it's a transformation to transmutation. When the infant is coming into the world, brand new, a born, screaming and howling, <laughs> you know, how, um, man, how stressful that must be. You know, a, a child can't see, that, you know, hearing and, and now this light is in its face, you know, and knows that there are other people present but can't distinctly make out, you know, just imagine what, what the infant must really experience coming into this world. And so spiritual growth, spiritual evolution, spiritual transmutation, 
spiritual transformation requires work. It requires work. And, and, it, and, and it requires being conscious in the work. You can't just, you know, let me check off one, two, three, A, B, C, and, and get done with this, this list. You've got to be in the moment. You've got to feel each part of the process. You've got to allow yourself to, to, to sit in the truth as they come up. And that's why we get therapists and counselors and psychologists and psychiatrists and spiritualists and, and ministers to help us to then address what's being flushed out. Water will move things around, baby. What's coming to the surface? We have to then address that work to grow, to be bigger, to be better, to be empowered by it. So that it isn't just the tragedy of my story. So that it isn't just some negative baggage, you know, that I might have to carry around, you know. But then becomes a reverberation to, it it helps to give momentum to that swing of blessing that the universe then is throwing your way. (laughs) You know, it's now sending your direction. And so stand up in your work. I know I've said a lot for 45 minutes. Let me check my chat. Greetings one and all. Thank you so much, Keona D. Carter, our beloved uh, moderator and and co-host and assistant for helping me um, to sort of maintain things in the chat. Yes, Neophyte Bokor, you don't work, you don't eat. I mean, it's it's a biblical frame of reference because it's a spiritual frame of reference. It's a universal truth. I don't care what indigenous culture you're pulling from. I don't care what system you're looking at. Um, let me check my phone line. Area code 323. Area code 323. Welcome to the show. Who's calling, beloved, and where are you calling from? Greetings. This is Kiana. Oh, Kiana. I'm sorry, beloved. Greetings. How you doing? All is a blessing. This is another great episode. I'm glad to be tuned in. And um, this is great. This is great, great content. But I was wondering if there were anyone, um, if there was anyone on the line holding for a live reading. No. My phone line is 845-277-9143. Of course, if you have a question, comment, or request, do press the number one on your telephone keypad. Uh, but as far as I know, um, no one is actively seeking uh, online reading at this time. But I appreciate you reminding me to mention that. <laughs> Loud on air. Thank you for... Well, um, no, because I'm about to... Because I was wondering for me, um, if you want to keep talking, but I'm about to go and play. Uh, I mean, pay. Because um, I want one. Okay, well... I don't have when I don't get that ding. I don't have a ding from a PayPal. So no, I'm going on right now. Thank you, beloved. Um, give me a moment. I'll be back to you. And I welcome anyone who might want um, an on online live on air reading um, using a diversity of tools. Uh, I will be more than happy to assist you. Just send your donation, your uh, forty-five dollar donation. Uh, to my PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the divine prince. 
um, and I'll be more than happy to uh, assist you with that, to um, to help you with that. I, um, man, I had a very interesting weekend. Um, I talked to other readers, other practitioners, um, not necessarily my godchildren, but just people out there in the community. Um, Keona, you might have some inner standing to some degree of, of what I mean. Some of the people that you suggested, um, other people who are doing, you know, spiritual broadcasts and, and what they might be saying and, and, and what they might be presenting. Um, and it was a trip. It, it was really a trip. Um, there's a thin line between entertainment and spiritual work. Seriously. Um, and I think to some degree, anytime we get on camera, and I'm talking about your camera, your, your digital device, your laptop, your webcam, there is indeed an implied element of entertainment there. Um, you might not be posting for entertainment, but your viewers are often looking at the post from its entertainment value. And sometimes it's your pain, it's your story, it's your moment in time. And we swipe to the left or we pick and choose often based on its entertainment value in this internet space. Um, we, we make a distinction between, you know, what I'm looking for a coupon or I'm, I'm looking to buy, you know, uh, uh, Airbnb or, or rent, rent a car or, or something. And then when we get into the spirit realm of things, um, how does it look? How entertaining is the background? What all is going on in, in the frame? How much technology can they apply uh, to their to their uh, demonstration? And and it can all be distractions from the truth, from the information, uh, from the knowledge that you might be seeking. Uh, on the beloved, what's your question? Um, how can I help you today? The phone was cutting out. You know my question? Yeah, I so said, how can I help you today? What's no, I just um just wanting to know like the time frame on, you know the um the business and when is it going to start picking up? Because it's picking up slowly, but I'm really ready to be at the height of it, and so I'm just kind of I'm kind of wanting to pace it. I'm so I'm signing in right now to PayPal. Oh, okay. Some girls say, "Girl, I don't see it." <laughs> But thank you. And, and you no, no, I'm signing in. I haven't paid it yet. You just reminded me to add another element to that. So for those who are listening, who might get the on-air $45 reading in the future, make sure when you send your donation that you enter, and it might be information you want me to know for your reading, but not say out loud. So put down your name, maybe. Put down your birth date. Maybe, and, and then write down. You know, I'm 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 calling in now on air to ask about career, love and relationships, business, etc. Et uh, and that would make this process smoother, um, for us all, and not, um, you know, become so much of a a, a technical information uh, for those of you who are who are listening, um. Time frame, as you know, Keon, is very different right now, and particularly because of the season that we're existing in, and that's Miss Rona, 
the coronavirus. And so all my time frames have been altered. Traditionally, and I've been doing this type of tarot reading for 40 years. Traditionally, my time frame is 30 to 90 days. 30 to 90 days. But in the case of coronavirus, um, I literally couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. I was up for a few days, was distressed um, because I, I didn't know how I was going to now provide my quote-unquote guaranteed professional expert readings and consultations and not be able to give a clear definition on timing. So I did a divination. I did several divinations. And, and what came clear to me was three months, six months, nine months. That's a new time frame um, that I'm looking at in, in terms of any reading or, or divination of this type. Now, I can go a little bit further into the past. I can go a little bit further into the future, but but th that time frame is, is concrete. Now, in your first position, beloved, is the Queen of Swords, and she's inverted or upside down. And anytime you have an upside down card, it represents what you don't directly control. It affects you, and you can indeed affect well, God. We can pray to God, placate God, beg God, plead with God, and God or goddess can absolutely respond. But, but it's not going to change destiny. It's not going to override God's divine understanding, which exceeds our limited earth plane understanding, our limited position in the cosmos, for instance, in terms of timing. So your upside-down card, particularly one in its first position, is always going to be governed by, controlled by the goddess and then destiny. And we believe that God writes destiny. And, and as my mama likes to say, um, Evangelist Savage, God speaks in the soft, still voice. It's not going to argue with you. It's not going to shout. It's not going to put up a, a, a flashing sign, hey, Keona, it's Wednesday of next week. God don't operate like that. And it requires us to be still, to be quiet, sometimes to fast, to not only pray, but, but to listen. I call that meditation. And to be centered spiritually. So, so you're still being asked to center yourself spiritually. Don't look at this as a delay. Look at this as an opportunity to do more of some sort of work. Now, she's holding a sword, legalities, commitments, contracts, what we're obligated to, what we have a sense of loyalty to, what we have a sense of commitment to. In, in, in the perspective of your question, indeed, some form of contractual agreement, often what we would find with a pen, but we could also make verbally binding contractual agreement. Like, I'm going to get you that money on Friday. That, that's a verbally binding contractual agreement. And you expect your money on Friday and no shenanigans. So that is your sword. But it's, again, being directed by something not directly in your control. So that would be the weather, the season, the other humans that can show up in terms of your time frame and affect the, the ultimate manifestation of the time frame that you're asking about, that you're looking at. It also still suggests some work in terms of a mantra. And that mantra is, 
I'm cutting away with, I'm doing away with, I'm eliminating what's no longer good, useful, or beneficial in my path. So it suggests that there's still some work of cleaning up, trimming the fat, being more precise that you could still do that can affect your upside down or inverted cards. It's followed by temperance. And temperance itself is a timing card. Um, it, it's like God's timing, divine timing, things happening in its most appropriate season, things happening when they should. And it does suggest a shift now in the season. It also can suggest a shift in some of the dynamics of what's holding your business question together. And, of course, you know the details. There are aspects of your question. You're not going to say live on air. Um, I would not know, but, but spirit knows, and, and you understand. But it's about being patient. It's followed now by the devil card, and that worries me because the devil card often represents something toxic, something negative, something addictive, too much of something. Um, and if there's no literal active addictive thing, too much drinking, too much gambling, too much shopping, uh, mishandling your money, mishandling your budget, if, if that's not what's in position, then we're looking at codependency, um, enabling the codependent. So someone else is wasting your time, wasting your energy, sucking up your emotion. It could be a sign of a vampire in your life. It could be a sign of a parasite in your life. It could be a sign of, of, of the good girlfriend who you think has always got your back, but always got something negative to say. Always a girl you should know, uh-uh, that's questionable. And sometimes that's masked behind belief. Some of the most religious folk in my life are like that. And you would expect them to be uber positive, uber meaning bigger than. You would expect them to be extra positive. Uh, but they are, oh, no, that's not, mm-mm. Oh, that's different. That's weird. That's, you know, that kind of energy. And you've got to cut that. You've got to eliminate that. It's on the left side of the table. It's present in your life right now. Um, and you've got, you still got to cut. It is affecting your timeline, even if you can't envision it. It's affecting whether things slow down or speed up, for real. Um, so you've got to examine that. And I know by your silence that you totally understand what I'm saying. <laughs> now, the fourth card, or what I call my vertebrae or my backbone, that what holds the whole entire tip of reading together is a nine of swords. And again, we're talking about things that evolve or escalate, things that get better or get worse. You're asking me, does this contract improve? Does it happen? Does it move forward? Or, or am I on on the uh, gerbil treadmill? Am I walk? You know, am I wasting my time, my effort, my energy? Am I walking in place? And your nines clarify it. And but what sits to the left of it is that devil card. You've got to shake the devil off. And and girlfriend, if that's a person, a place, or a thing, you've got to. Those are your swords. You've got to shake that off. That's not healthy. That's not good. It, it, it's eating away at, at, at your very being. Uh, it may be convenient. 
and it might too be contractual. Like you're sharing some kind of contract that has a specific date on it. And and at that time, but you might have to choose sooner than that, not later. And what comes after the Nine of Swords is a star card, inverted or upside down. Uh, and that's important because many of you know I'm, I'm a celebrity reader, um, which is easier said than done, by the way. Um, it's one of the most complex aspects of what I do, uh, maintaining people's anonymity, people's privacy. As you can imagine, with, with high-profile people, celebrity people, it takes time for reputation. It takes time for people to trust you enough to know that what I'm discussing with you ain't going to be in TMZ tomorrow. Um, but often with those uh, individuals, I, I get this star card. And it is about balance, your spirit world with your physical world, your, your earth resources with your water resources and your air resources and your fi- fire resources in terms of elements. Uh, even successfully independent entrepreneurs, people who do things that we view as sort of independent, uh, even attorneys, for instance, an attorney can work for a law firm. Some attorneys can also open their own firm, can also do contractual work, uh, can also do other, you know, so even those types of careers show up with this card. But it's being influenced by something that's not entirely in your control. Don't rush it. Don't try and manifest more than what you prepared for. Don't try to manifest more than what you put the groundwork in for. Don't, don't expect magic if you haven't done the footwork. Um, and, and I don't know your business, boo. I'm just reading the cards. Okay, I'm just reading the cards. But it's there, and it's on the future side. It's absolutely going to manifest for you. But if it's advertising, if it's research, if it's homework, if it's getting your name out, if it's creating an image, if it's getting your legalities together, the swords talk about licenses, contracts, trademarks, you know, copyrights. Get your paperwork together. LLC. It's all of that straight. But it shows up in your best interest. Now, Again, I keep going back to the presence of that devil, which could represent parasites and vampires and ghouls and goblins that could be around you that are affecting your ultimate outcome. What follows this upside down or inverted star card is the wheel of fortune. And it's also inverted or upside down. And this card is dicey because it is just as it states, wheel of fortune, spin that wheel. And, and you get what you get. Spin that wheel, and it's a toss-up. It could be the million-dollar jackpot. That's your star card. Or it could also be the devil. Okay? And, and so what follows that wheel of fortune is this two of pentacles in its, in its right position, in its right, upright position. That represents a relationship, a relationship. It's a pentacle. Pentacles are the most physical, carnal, material item in, in, in the deck in terms of elements, in terms of, of energy. So it would be ultimately your money. What you're asking me is when is this, you know, this thing going to not only move forward, but when is it going to be in my bank account? 
When am I going to see the money? Show me the money. When, when, when am I going to get the results of my labor? But, but don't negate everything I said before. Go back and listen to this narcotic. I, I took a, a route to your success. This star card represents your success. And that two of pentacles is a partnership, is a relationship primarily around business, primarily around your coin, your lira, your dinero, your dollars. And it shows up in your credit. It shows up in your housing. It shows up in your possessions. But it also shows up as class, status, lifestyle, family values. And the parasite that's holding you back is not going where you're going. They can't see your vision. Even if they can see your vision with clarity, they're not going there. And they're not going to be there if you intend to be successful about this journey. Are you with me, beloved? Yes, I'm I'm definitely here. Um, I can feel... I can feel it in the pit of my stomach. Um, at first, I had tears running down my face because the spirit is speaking. And I already know you're the real deal, but I wasn't going to interrupt because um, I value the setting. I value the spirit guides that are coming forth and in, in this energy. So I didn't want to interrupt with my thoughts. And, and and I just wanted to be tuned in. But I heard everything you said. And um this is not a marriage. Yeah, this is not a marriage. It's a relationship. It, listen, even this devil card, I don't know how clearly y'all can see that because I don't have my stream yard up on my screen. So let me put my stream yard up so I can see it. Um, okay, down at the bottom there, and some of y'all know the Egyptian tarot. There are like two demons, two gens, two people, two entities that are tied together with a chain. And the only thing that's holding them together is the devil that's standing atop the chain. So this is a toxic relationship. And often toxic relationships are close, personal, friendly, family, Boyfriends, girlfriends, uh, your sister, your brother, your coworker that you got to sit at the desk with every day. Often, the most toxic of toxic relationships are right there up up, up on you. So, identifying who and what I'm talking about is is probably why you are emotional. This probably hit it right on the head. And and that two of pentacles shows people who are not of shared values. Y'all don't share the same values. Just because you want the same thing, you know, housing or, or, or to keep my job or, you know, that means you share the same value. Many of you go back and forth every day with the same coworkers. It's only four people in your office. And y'all don't share the same value. Y'all don't share the same belief. Y'all don't share the same tradition. But you have to share that space. You have to occupy that space. And get along, you know, if you're not going to end up in jail or lose your job, <laughs> you know. So that's what this feels like to me, Kiona. Um, and so I also feel like there's some awareness on your side where you know that once I get my own, once I can do for, 
this ain't gonna be happening. You, you ain't got to say it. I, I can feel it. This, this won't even be in, in my radar. I'm just telling you in the honesty of the reading that it's it's toxic. And so that could represent something that could follow you if you don't handle it. Meaning, you do cut this relationship. You do move on. You do occupy your own uh, uh, mind space. But then whatever created the dynamics that allowed that to happen in the first place, it duplicates itself again. And so that shows up in relationships, partnerships, jobs. Some of y'all keep getting the same kind of job that keep working your last nerve, that keep breaking you down to your last bit of energy, only to quit or get fired and then go get another one just like it. Or then go and get another relationship just like it. You know, and, and it's a following of a path. And that's why we need to heal our mothers and our relationship to and with our mothers. It, it, it is critical. It is critical. It is critical to how we function intuitively, spiritually, emotionally, you know, uh, energetically. Our fathers come through, but, but a very different energy, a very different polarity. But that ability to, to heal and to cut that which would otherwise harm you, pollute you, and, and do it in love and, and not do it in aggression and, and not have to go through like a warrior and, and chop everything down with a machete or, or burn the whole house down. Um, and it's an art. It, it's an art. Um, one of my things is I don't hang up on a client. I don't end it with a client. I don't divorce a client. I, I just don't do that. Um, because people have issues. People have problems. People have challenges. So I always allow that doorway for people to come back and heal, come back and address, to be able to come back and say, okay, I just didn't see it before. And, and now I do. Um, so that's the danger with the power of Iyami because you can literally create and recreate the reality you want, beloved Kiona. But if you're not clear about what don't serve you, then it can become luggage. It can become, if not a person, a type of person that you keep running into on your journey. Learn to say no. Learn to say, listen, I can't do it right now. Just, just let me sit quiet for a minute. Just let me have my my moment. You know, you, you got to learn how to do that. Um, I've learned how to do it with my mama, my sisters, my brothers. So certainly, I, I, it's it's easier for me to do it. You know, in business or, or out in the world. But I, I feel like I'm having deja vu. Like I've said this to you before. Um, you feel confined to me. You feel pent up to me. And so you, you got to get your own space. You got to create this business in your own space, in, in, in your own framework, in your own design, in your own image, literally and figuratively. It's got to mirror you. And, and, and those around you have to resonate and vibrate the best part of you. So the danger of being the enabler is the enabler cares for people 
who might otherwise represent the worst part of themselves, or if not humanity. Oh, I still have pity for the animal. I have empathy for the homeless person. I have empathy for the person who's struggling. But th- there's a reward there. You might not do it to be seen. You might not do it for a, a, for the reward. But there is a, a, a inner reward for caring for and giving for. And that's how people get locked into the codependent, addictive-like relationships and behaviors. Because there is that part that's honeymoon-like, that's good and pleasant. And, oh, we get along and we can talk about it and we can share. And, you know, but then there's that other part, the minute you say, but let me get serious for a moment. And then they shut down on you. Let me talk about me for a moment. And then they, they can't hear you. You have to pay attention to those cues. You, and now I'm not talking to you, Keona. It's somebody else out there that needs to hear what I'm about to say. If every conversation is about their problems, every conversation is about their relationship, if every conversation is about what they're going through and you're listening and you're being a support and you're the amen choir, you, oh, yeah, girl, I understand. I, I don't blame you. But the minute you say, well, let me share my opinion. The minute you say, well, let me talk about how I'm dealing with and then they, they can't hear you, that's the end of the conversation. You might as well be a therapist. You, you might as well be, be an uh, unprofessional, unlicensed counselor. Because now you're just an ear. And sometimes people just want to hear themselves talk. Sometimes people just want to be right, feel right by projecting, and, and then you agree. And then you say, yeah, it's okay. And then you going along with it. Very few people expect the challenge. To, well, just maybe I don't see it that way. Well, just maybe you might be misinterpreting, you know, what's being said. Listen, that's how you test the thing. Listen, my, my mama taught me how to study the Bible. My mama. And so even as a voodoo priest, even as a spiritualist, I can connect with that energy, with that message. And the magic book says you got to test the spirit. you got to test the spirit. Your spirit and, and, and those around you, any given point in your journey, because all things are not organic. All things are not natural. All things are not a normal part of the process. And, and, and we live in a day and time right now where people don't even want to talk about the devil. People don't talk about Satan. People don't believe in the devil anymore. Or now it's a joke. Or now it's pop culturally somehow acceptable. So it's, it's in what you look like. It's in your dark nails. It's in your, you know, whited out pupil contact lenses. It's in the bleaching of your hair or, or, or getting, you know, elaborate tattoo work done. You know, it's all this sort of selfish, selfish surface, you know, presentation without ever touching the root, without ever touching the energy, without ever touching the pain. That's where the pain is. But that's also where the work is. 
if it makes you emotional, if it makes you cry, if it makes you feel something, there's something there to either be embraced or, or addressed. And that's when we know we're doing the healing work. Successful healing work that don't require you to get caught up in any kind of loop, time loop, where we have to repeat cycles, repeat people, repeat energies, to have that deja vu. Oh, my God, I've been here before. I've been to this crossroads before. I can't believe I'm going through this again. You know, we all have the opportunity to get off that bus. We all have the opportunity to stop the karmic cycle of, of re- repression and repeated activities to readdress, to reheal, to relook at what we have the opportunity to stop in one absolute moment and then lay down for eternity and, and then lay down forever. I'd much rather walk through the fire. I'd much rather confront. If, it, if there's a problem, an issue, a box, a complication, I'd, I'd much rather be alerted. I'd much rather be warned and aware than to just, oh, I don't want to know. Just don't tell me. You know, I'll just deal with it when I get to that crossroads. I've never been that guy. Never. And I grew up with people like that. I had a cousin who swore you're going to die of something, and she died of something, you know. I, I got another cousin that say, you know, I don't want to know the future. I don't need to know what's what's going to happen. If it's going to happen, it's just going to happen. Let it happen. And I understand that mentality, but that mentality also suggests helplessness, victimization, not having any control whatsoever in your reality. And, and that's simply not true. We absolutely have control. We absolutely can affect our reality. Absolutely. Listen, before I talk myself into a tizzy, um, call me at 845-277-9143. 845-277-9143. When you're ready with your question, comment, request, do press the number one. On your telephone keypad, I'll be more than happy to assist you. Yes, Amico, that's, that's a vampire. And you can test a vampire. It's very easy to test a vampire. It's very easy to test a parasite. But you yourself have to be clear and in the moment clear enough to disconnect. Because if they can get you emotionally, if they can bring you back into the conversation, if they can drag you back into the argument, if they can say, then then you're not disconnected. You need to be able to, in the moment, recognize what's happening. You know, and you might pre-plan. Okay, I know I'm going to get this phone call again. I know I'm going to have to sit across this table with her again. I know I'm going to have to have this moment with, with him again. So pre-plan. And, and that way you go in absolute positivity. Hey, how you? peace and blessings. All, all is good. All is a blessing. The weather's great. The children is great. And wait and see how many seconds it takes for the, well, I'm girl. I got a pain. Dude, I'm dealing with dust and so again. Man, but, but, but here, and then steer it back. But, you know, all is a blessing. We, we have an opportunity to, to and see how combative that spirit gets. 
so see, even I have to be conscious in the moment. It's, it's not the person. It's not my sister. It's not my brother. It's not my cousin. It's, the, it's not my client. Sometimes it's a gin. Sometimes it's a gin. So you have to be sensitive with humanity. We have to be forgiving and empathetic with humanity, especially when they're close to us, especially when we show love. You understand what I'm saying? But then when you clarify that there's a gen present, you got to separate that. You got to be clear about what's driving, what's driving the energy, what's driving the combativeness. What's driving the need to always go down this dark rabbit hole? But we can't inch our way forward into the light. Yeah, yeah, boo, that's a vampire. <laughs> that's a vampire, vampire, and vampire. And at any worst case scenario, it's a demon. It can absolutely be a demon. Now, a demon will come to challenge you, to challenge you. For various reasons, what you think you know, what you think you believe, what you think you understand, what you think you healed and put away, demons and the devil like to mock that kind of stuff. Oh, you say you serving your ancestors now and you can gave up on the church. <laughs> but, you know, and, and, and they start quoting scriptures back at you. That's the devil. And the devil can then send out his imps, his demons. And, and in many cases, jinn, but jinn is a whole different level of, 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 of demonology, to influence how you feel about things, how you see things, how you interpret things. It could be absolute light being offered to you, but you only see the darkness. But you only see the challenge. But, but you only see, you know, and so you have to be clear. Uh, I know I say it a lot. I'm going to say it a whole lot in the next 20 years. You have to be clear. You have to be crystal clear like a crystal. You have to be clear. You have to be sharp. You have to have done your inner work. You have to have worked through your own feelings, your own emotions. Am I holding on to the past? Do I have negative feelings? Was I correct in my behavior? Did I misinterpret what was being said? Did I allow myself to view the other person's position? Did, was I able to be human enough to connect myself to the other side of the equation? Do I really understand how my mama was raised, how my daddy was raised, how my, how my friend, girlfriend, you know, was acculturated into the world? We've got to be clear. And, 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 and we understand this course to be a solid, but but in clarity, like water, we have to be fluid. We have to be transparent. And we must flow because life don't stop. It don't slow down while you go back and pick up the sixth grade. Life keeps moving. The world keeps spinning at an alarming rate if you understand the math. We we spinning fast in the middle of the universe on, on this purple, I mean on this uh, blue marble uh, that, that we call Mother Father Earth. So so life and experience and time never stops, never slows down. But we 
being the gods and the goddesses of humanity that we are, has the ability to cross over time space. And so some of you are stuck in the past. Some of you are stuck in the time loop. Some of you are stuck at a particular place in your progression, spiritual growth, in your emotional growth, in your mental growth. And so all you see is a repeat of that clip of video. All you feel is that a repeat of that clip of video. And we've got to stop. Pull the line and stop this bus. <laughs> stop this train. And at some point, be willing to get off. To get off. And do the work. I can't speak on mental health enough. As an empath, I, I, I absorb it. I, I, I take it all in. I've experienced it. I know it. I can identify it. I know it when I see it. But I'm not a professional. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a professional psychiatrist. I'm not a professional therapist. I am therapeutic in that we're dealing with spirituality and religion. But the problem is with religion, particularly black folks in religion, we don't need a doctor. We don't need a therapist. We don't need to see an MD. All we need is Jesus. And those of you who stepped outside of the Jesus thing, you know, you think now all you need is your consciousness, your stack of books, your, your great library of, of reading without doing the work. It's, it's not many people who can self-initiate. It's just not. It, it requires you being able to be objective. And sometimes view even yourself from as third party, stepping out and looking at you and the person, place, or thing, or subject matter that you are addressing. But then you have to be high enough, elevated enough to be able to look down and say, okay, I, I see that perspective, but I also see how I'm acting, what I'm doing, what I'm bringing to the table, what I'm manifesting. And so, yeah, we've got to look at the body. We've got to look at the diet. We've got to look at what we're eating, what we're drinking, how we're living, how we're thinking. And in some cases, we've got to cross that mental health road. We do, particularly right now. I'm shudder to think about PTSD as it relates to coronavirus for months, if not years to come. Me and my mom talked about her being in her prayer and meditation and and looking at the experience differently from day to day. And we know things today we didn't know yesterday. We experience things today we didn't experience, you know, the day before yesterday, I should say. Uh, and so every moment is an opportunity to readdress, to realign, to, to get clear about, you know. And, and I often look at it and look forward in ritual work, you know, um, when I'm working with my ancestor work in divination um, clients and students, you know, I'll say as frequently as you contact me, I need that updated photograph. Because one who believes and understands their relationship to the ancestors is doing that work every day. It's operating that space every day. And if not every day, at least every four days, and particularly today. Uh, and so I look for evidence. I look for signs of movement, signs of activity. And people wonder, how does he connect that? 
from a distance, states away, sometimes countries away from what's going on in here with me. Because there are those things in us that we ain't moving around. We ain't touching them. They've got dust on them. They've been stacked away, packed away, pushed away for a long time. And, and now they have a dust imprint on them. And there's a psychic ability. I don't know how, what you call it. It's not remote viewing. But there's something that allows me to see that imprint, almost like a ghost. The very thing that you want to hide, the very thing that you don't want to talk about, the very thing that you don't want to address, all this energy sticks to it. And some of us can see it. Some of us can feel that. Some of us are in response if you will, to that. And, and that's where the deepest ghosts lie. And, and those ghosts get passed down generationally to your son, to your daughter, to your grandchildren, for the next generation to deal with, much like how we treat our planet. Oh, we'll poop the water today and not worry about the water for those who come after you. Oh, we'll use up all the mineral sources today, and we won't be worried about those who come after us. We'll destroy the planet today, and, and we ain't worried about 200 years beyond us. And, and that's how we, that's the Western vibration. So trying to alter that, trying to change that, trying to be conscious, that's a, that's a piece of work, beloved. That takes some great effort. That makes us extraordinary in this room. That makes us gods and goddesses in this room. That makes us magical in this room. Understand, understand. This world doesn't even provide the incubating environment for that that work to be done. We've got to choose to want to do it. And, and And we choose to do it. And then we meet here and we share in this space, and we give um, in the in this space. <clears throat> Forgive me, Keon, if I'm missing uh, what's going on in the chat. Uh, yes, yes, the great go between, and and a, oh wow, my phone line. Forgive me, y'all. Oh, I got several hands raised. Okay, area code six one two. Who's calling, and where are you calling from, beloved? Hi, this is Ling. I'm calling from Orleans. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you better today. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? All is a blessing. All is a blessing. Uh, Give me your question. Yes. Or your so um, we were talking about um, basically earlier sins like being passed down through the bloodline. And I was just wondering um, when a person, if a person does like the shadow work and the healing of the generational trauma prior to them having children, after they have children, will those um, those generational curses or traumas come back or will they be um, eradicated? To some, some degree, your, your question would require me to that the person, the subject of your question, is absolutely doing the work, 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and look at that. Let's look at that from a different perspective. Ain't none of us perfect. 
All of us got flaws. All of us got issues. All of us got character defects. All of us have stuff that we need to continue to strive to improve. And, and even if you say you aren't, um, you have to at least be aware to be the person who can say that that's not me. You have to know what your weaknesses are in order to keep them jarred up, in order to keep them in discipline. If you know that you have a problem with spending, for instance, then then you know you have to keep a budget. Then you know you have to put up certain gatekeepers in position for yourself to, to prevent yourself from overdoing it, from crossing the line. So it would have to be assumed that the person who is indeed doing the work um, is a perfectionist and, and, and is covering absolutely every possible thing um, that can be imagined. And I, and I don't know that that's absolutely, absolutely possible. Um, there, there are always going to be things in your family, in your bloodline, that also skip generations. And so you might not always be aware of you, you might not always know of what, what's hiding in your dad's seed, what's hiding in your mom's egg, if you will. You, you aren't always aware. Uh, uh, and let me use a common example so that that makes sense. Um, high blood pressure. We, we know that high blood pressure is generational, runs in families. It has everything to do with lifestyle, what you eat, what you drink, how you live, how you learn to process stress. And that's passed down generationally. So Sterling and I could be vegan and, and eat really well. You know, now Sterling might have been raised a vegan. From birth, ain't never had no, ain't never had no, no uh, meat, ain't never had no, no chemically processed anything. I might have become vegan, you know, at 20, 25, you know, and so we have opportunity to obviously to shift our lives to be healthier, to be more energetic, to be more creative, but that does not necessarily now wipe out the footprint of that that came before. You know, I, I was diagnosed as diabetic in 2000, 20 years ago, in, in, in um, um, the year 2000. I am probably one of the healthier people in my family in terms of body weight, body mass, I eat every day. So I wasn't expected to be a diabetic, but it's in my blood. It's in my genes. And, and, and genes don't always happen to every child of every generation. So my sister, Mohani, is not diabetic at all. And my father's children, as far as I know, I'm not aware that any of them are diabetic. So I may very well be carrying a very specific note, a very specific code that, that's traveling through my bloodline that I now have to address. Now, I can heal it, fix it, repair it for myself, Absolutely, that has some effect on your children. Uh, there, there are scientific studies that have been done, um, marijuana, for instance, and the effect that the marijuana user, smoker, does that affect the egg in, in, a, in a woman's womb? Does it affect the sperm? And so research has been done on that, you know, and then how does that then transfer uh, to the children? Something else that many of us are probably a little bit more familiar with, at least from a pop cultural perspective, 
is crack and the crack baby. So we know that the parents that smoke crack, father and mother, uh, can then pass that down to, to the child. And the child can either be born with active crack addiction or withdrawal or then have those symptoms show up in other forms in the body, other forms later in life. So, yeah, can you heal your bloodline? Absolutely. Can you prevent things from, from passing down into your, to your children? Absolutely. But you absolutely would have to be God. You would have to be perfect to ensure that nothing, you know, how many times have we heard the parents say, I don't know where that child came from. I, I know that child came out of my womb, but she don't think like me. We ain't nothing alike, you know, and, and it's not always a negative thing. You know, you had that child that's born, that, that's specialized in math and, and so smart in, in science. And, you know, she's already in her second year of college you know, in the 11th grade, you know, this, you know, it's a lot of powerful black women out there uh, with great intellectual power. And so that, that's passed down. So then that, that abuse, you know, we look at great goddesses like Iyala Van Zandt. Iyala Van Zandt has publicly shared her dark side, has publicly shared her shadow work. So whether you like her or not, or if you think she's great as a therapist or not, Acknowledge her doing the work and doing the work out loud, out in public. And then having a child, keeping in line with your question, Sterling, who might be totally vibrating from the other parent's genealogy or one particular parent from the other parent's genealogy, which is why I'm the only sibling that has diabetes. None of my other siblings have diabetes you know, as far as I'm aware of. So, um, yeah, you could do a great deal of work. You could do a great deal of, of cleanup. But, but don't, you know, don't expect perfection. It would be like you then cleaning up the entire world on your own and by yourself. You know, it's a great dream. It's a great idea. Um, but it's something that only the God itself, <laughs> the, the God, or goddess of the universe itself could say, you know, if I could just clean it up for everybody, but for all of humanity. But do you. Sterling, give me a moment. I'm going to come back to you, beloved, because there are other people um, more so than normal on the phone lines right now with their hands raised. So I do want to address um, everyone in a timely manner. Area code... 610, 610, who's calling and where are you calling from, 610? Shana, and I'm calling from Pennsylvania. Peace and blessings, beloved. How are you in the PA? I'm doing good. I have a question. If you're calling about a reading, then please follow the instructions that Kiona has given in the chat. Um, send your, your $45 donation, and I'll be more than happy to do a reading um, for you okay. on air. But um, people okay. are asking questions that are not necessarily reading-related. Uh, Kiona was okay. the only one that I did a reading for. So what's your question? Okay. My question is, is that 
Voodoo love spells really work, and if so, how long does it take? Listen, spells work. Not just voodoo love spells. Spells work. My problem with spell is spells can be temporary. Spells can be illusionary, meaning it looks good for a certain amount of time. But when that's happening, you have to be addressing the work. So often, I'm going to assume you're not talking about me. I'm assuming you're talking about in general or other yeah. voodoo practices. And, and then I'm going to bring it back to me. Um, with me, I'm going to start with me. You have to address the root. You have to. How can you guarantee success in ritual spell work, guaranteeing the ultimate outcome and not expecting it to be temporal? Temporary. You shouldn't have to run from practitioner to practitioner. You shouldn't have to do it more than once. You shouldn't have to keep doing it over and over and over again. So if the practitioner is not doing qualified divination, that's a must. There's no way to do ritual work without a divination. It would be like calling up your gynecologist and having her send you some kind of medication in the mail without ever having seen you without ever having drawn your blood, without ever having done any kind of examination on you, you would say that's crazy, and, and you'd hang up the phone, okay? So if ain't no reading been done, if ain't no, conf- no authoritative confrontation been applied, then where are they drawing so-called ritual work from? Um, another aspect of that, beloved, that you didn't say, but people are running into is, sort of the, the recipes that are all over the internet, that, that are in the book. Oh, well, you need apples and you need honey and you need this and you need that. You know, and, and they're not speaking about powers at all. They're not speaking about deities, how these deities work, how they pull from these powers, and how that then goes into spell work, particularly for love and relationships. We're talking about humanity here. Often the requests that are on the table happen longer than overnight. It took maybe months to develop, maybe years in cases of marriages and relationships and and divorces, you know. And then the new love, the the love that hasn't happened maybe, but, but the practitioner is promising you some magical outcome between you and someone who haven't even developed the foundation. All of those things would send up red flags for me first before I would even pursue hiring that person, giving an offering or a donation to that person to, to do any kind of ritual work, and particularly for love and relationship. Now, we're talking about humanity here. And typically, I would say 30 to 90 days. 30 to 90 days, even in this weather, even in this weather, I would expect to see some kind of confirmation, some kind of reverberation back from the experience itself, from the the parties involved um, in terms of the work being done, being being addressed. 30 to 90 days. Now, the idea that, and I know you didn't say this, and I'm being just a little entertaining right now. The idea that I'm going to fix it, repair it, y'all going to get married and have babies, in three months, that, that's just not realistic. And so I would expect that from the 
17-year-old, 18-year-old, sometimes even a 21-year-old who might be seeking some kind of ritual work. But if I'm talking to people who are 30 and over, who've made the 33rd and over, 33, 34, 35, 50 and over, then you should have a much more mature approach to what love and relationships is, to what the development of a relationship is. So their expectation of results is very different. So they, they want to feed. Okay, they weren't calling, now they're calling. We weren't able to communicate before, now we can communicate. Now we're communicating before all we could talk about was the kids. Now we can talk about the kids and our relationship. You, there has to be a progression of movement when the work is happening. Also, there's nothing magical, just like if you went to the doctor, be gone. Even in the realm of spirituality, there's no such thing. The doctor might say, take this pill, drink plenty of water, reduce your intake of certain fats. We need you to exercise. We need you to do this therapy. He's going to give you some homework. Now, everybody don't follow the homework. We know that. Some people got lung problems and you still smoke. Smoking cigarettes. Some of you got issues going on and you still can't put down that pack and a half of cools every day. So you can't bring that mindset to spirituality and religion. God's going to fix it. Oshun going to fix it without me having to do anything. Without me having to change or adjust what I'm doing. Um, I also find that in doing that kind of work, particularly love and relationships, if the client in their mind believes that this isn't real, this isn't possible, this isn't happening, that can affect the work. That can affect the work. So everybody has to be honest. The practitioner has to be honest. The person seeking the work has to be honest about where they are what has happened, and, and what are we now trying to fix and repair? What is the result that you expect to see? So I, I, I find that to be very mature from people in, in, in my age group, your age and older. So 30 to 90 days, boo. 30 to 90 days. And if it's not moving forward, I have to look at God, who cannot be overwritten, that should have been laid out in the initial reading. If, if God is even with this, is destiny even behind this relationship? Are the ancestors with this or against this relationship? That's why the divination has to take place first. A qualified divination. So if, if things are not moving, let's say the work is real. Let, let's say you're working with somebody who's absolutely 100%. Destiny God, ancestors, and then the two of you. I would then look at what are you doing in relationship to the work and, and, and what is your expectation of the response from, from the other person involved in the work? Because as you can imagine, the other partner is not even always involved in the work. The person who contacts me wants work done, but the person that, that's involved in the relationship don't even know it's work being done. So that has to be, be taken into account, and that has to be tested. That, that has to be tested. 
you know, early on. So I, I still say, caller, sir, um, I know you told me your name. Forgive me, beloved. Shauna, 30 to 90 Shana. days. Mm-hmm. Shana, 30 to 90 days to see some kind of okay. con- to see some kind of um, it's not the result, some kind of response, some kind of confirmation. So maybe he said, you know, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and then okay, so you should be seeing that progressive move. But if ain't nothing happening, and you didn't ask me to read your work, so I'm not going to read your work, but, but as an empath, I feel your heart. You had to stand still with this. You, you don't know whether you wasted your time or your money right now. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So get some clarity. What exactly are we doing again? You should be able to ask him these questions. What exactly are we doing again? How exactly are we approaching this? And if that don't jive, you might have a problem with your handshake. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much. 816 is calling in, um, and they've already sent in the donation for a reading. What's that area code? 816. Oh, here we go, 816. Divine, oh, blessed, greetings and salutations. Who's calling and where are you calling from, beloved? Hello? Yeah, who's calling and where are you calling from, beloved? Oh, my name is Candice. I'm calling from Missouri. Yes, beloved. You, Hello? Um, yes, beloved. You had a question or a comment? Oh, I just I submitted a donation for a reading. Yes, beloved, and, and how can I help you? Oh, you, you I'm sorry. I didn't know how it worked. You haven't said anything. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if I was just supposed to start talking or not. Okay, stop, so. Stop for a second, because you, you just corrected me, and I like that. I needed that correction. What, what I just sorry. heard you say was, what I just heard you say was me and Keona were clear. And I appreciate that. So so let me be clear, not just for you, but for everybody listening. If we were reading in real time, you would be here in the room, right? You would be sitting in front of me across across the table, right? I would shuffle right. the cards and then you would shuffle the cards. I would shuffle the cards maybe, and I would say, beloved, please shuffle these cards for me. Now, if we were doing a more indigenous voodoo or ephod divination, you've got to breathe on the table. You've got to breathe uh-huh. on the board. So I'm not asking you to give me all your details. I'm not asking okay. you to give me your story. And never give right. the reason all your details. I need to know why you're calling. I need to know why are you here. I need to know what is it that you need to hear from spirit. Okay. So, so go ahead. Okay. All right. So um, basically I've been um, on my spiritual journey for maybe about a year or two. This is something very new for me. And um, normally I come from, you know, working on my own, working in corporate America. 
And I feel like I was led to, well, I know I was led to start um, reading tarot and also helping other people, which is something that I've Hold always up. done in my life anyway. Hold up. What's your name again? Yes. Candace. Candace. You're giving me way uh-huh. too much, you giving me way too much detail. I need to know why you're here. I need to know why you're okay, here. So, okay, so this is why I'm yeah. calling. I was just trying to give you background. So this is why I'm calling because, uh, I like I, I said, this is... Hold on. Please don't make me mute you. Listen to me. I don't need background. I need to know why are you here? What is your question? What do you need to hear okay. from See, what you're doing is leading the reader. I'm not listening to all of that. If, if I listen to what you're saying, then I'm only going to give you a response based on what you're saying. That's not why you're here. You, you want to hear from spirit. So, so what are, is your question? What is your question? Okay, okay. So I guess my question is, um, since I am reading people and I'm helping people, and I know this is a part of my life purpose, um, I'm not very clear about a lot of things, but I know that spirit leads me, and I don't really know a lot of facts. I just kind of go off of my intuition with everything, and it's led me to a very, very prosperous lifestyle that I'm living now. And I guess I just want to know what spirit has to say to me about what I'm doing here, my life purpose. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Because your ancestors are all up and through the room. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to give you the opportunity to clarify your question without you adding details. And you I'll be out there pretty soon. Hello? I'll be out there pretty soon. Who's that? Hello. I don't. Okay. I'm so beloved. I got to close all these other mics um, because I'm getting a whole lot of background noise. I'll be out there pretty. I'll be out there pretty soon. I'm not sure who, who it's coming from. So, so I come out here, and you come out and you do something. Ah, hello, Crystal. I'm sorry. Okay, that's Shana. That's Shana with all. That's Shana with all of that background noise. Okay, Crystal, oh, okay. are you? Are you with me, Crystal? Are you with Crystal? me, Crystal? Oh, my name is Candace. I'm sorry, Candace. I thought you said Crystal. Uh-huh. Your air, your air code is eight one six, right? Uh, I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, your area code is eight one six, right? My area code is eight one six, and my name is oh. Candace. All right, thank you. I'm just trying to clarify that. I had to go back and close mics because I'm getting all this background noise, and I didn't That's want it okay. to. Interrupt. Okay. So what I'm saying is, I'm going to read your question, your 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 cards, and answer your question authentically. It's not my opinion. It's not what I believe. It's not what I think. Now, what I was prefacing that with before I heard the background noise was you gave me way too much information and I warned right. you again you, you, you said things well, that minute, oh. so I'm sorry I talked a lot 
you said things that you expect me now as a reader to accept. That's why I told you, don't give me all that detail. Don't give me all that information. I, I, I read tarot. I'm a tarot reader. You shouldn't have said that. And now that's on the table. Now that's on the table. Now, your first card is a two of cups upside down. Twos are about partnerships, relationships. If this was a love and relationship reading, that would be the card that I would be looking for. But it's upside down. It's inverted, suggesting things that are not entirely in your control. Things that are controlled first by God or, or the goddess, divine creators, Destiny, and we believe the divine creators write destiny, so it's always in your best interest, even if you can't see it, if you, even if you can't hear it, even if you can't understand it in the moment. But your inverted cards are also influenced by other people getting involved in your reading, other people, humans, who can affect the ultimate outcome of the reading. So right away, we're looking at a partnership that's not in balance. We're looking at a relationship that's not chemically, fluidly, spiritually in balance. Your cups in a regular deck of cards would be your heart, happiness, longevity, overall sense of well-being, stability, and the things that make you, just as you try to say, I'm living this prosperous life. That would be your cup, but it's upside down. And you might be living a great life, but you're not in control. It's not mm-hmm. because you're doing something specifically that's making it happen. You're right. I guess that's my question. Right. I guess that's my question because I know your ancestors are holding it together. I want to be clear. You want to hear from spirit. You want to hear from spirit because. You, you want to hear from spirit, right? Oh, yeah, because I don't, okay, I know well, it's on, not me. Hold on, hold on, I'm being a little facetious because you keep interrupting. Okay. So you want to hear from spirit or do well, you Well, I thought spirit? you told me to talk. I'm sorry, I won't say nothing. <laughs> I didn't tell you to talk. I said, why are you here? What is the basis of the reading? I didn't say talk. I said, why are you here? What do you want spirit to say to you right now? And you went into your spirit. You went into your spirit. But but in the process, you try to paint this picture that you want me to accept. See, I don't know you from Adam. I don't know you'd be no tarot reader. I don't know how well you're doing or not doing. All you want from me is an authentic, organic reading. You would much rather me not know anything about you and then give you what spirit would say. I don't know where she went. She she disappeared on me. So the first card is upside down. It's, it's, it's showing an imbalance. It's showing a relationship that is not making you happy. That's not giving you, that's not feeding your, your wholeness. I'm going to have to complete, complete your reading without you, beloved, unless you call back. I don't know what, where she went, um, Keona, but she's gone all of a sudden. Um, let me unmute Keona. 
Okay, Keona, your mic is open. I don't know where she went, so if you can help me out with that, um, check chat okay. or something. But I'm going to keep going okay. on with the reading. What follows okay. this upside down or inverted to us? Oh, wow. She ain't got a long time to call in either. What follows this upside down to a cup is a knave of rods. And the knave always suggests either babies, children, infants, in a, in a real world literal sense, or things that are new in their infancy or just beginning. He's holding the rod. Some readers call that a wand. That's the homework sign. How do I fix it? How do I repair it? How do I change it? How do I focus my power, my energy at a thing? That rest, she's back. That rest, um, I think she's back. Hold on. Eric Cody, coming back. I was worried (laughs) that you wasn't going to be able to get back in because they're going to prevent you from using the phone um, in like right now. So don't hang up, okay? Yeah, I want to okay. to so your name okay. either it either speaks to, to a baby, a child specifically, or something that's new in its infancy or just beginning. And in this case, he's holding up the wand, the homework sign. How do I fix it? How do I repair it? How do I change it? And your question was specific to I'm doing thus and so. I don't have a whole lot of facts. I'm kind of following my spirit. What does spirit have to say about that? That name shows you being brand new. And you said that. I've been doing this about a year, about a year and a half. It shows you operating in brand newness. And so if we isolate just these two cards, the upside down two of cups, and now this neighbor rod in his right position, it would show someone having formed a relationship unprepared without all the necessary information, without all the necessary tools. That's your neighbor rod. The neighbor rod is followed by the ten of pentacles. Ten is my God number. That's God. That's the goddess. That's destiny, which none of us can override, overpower, nor will we want to. Destiny is always in your best interest. God is always in your best interest. It also speaks to what you said about prosperous. Your pentacles, some readers call it a coin. That's your money, your stuff, your housing, your car, your credit, the, the, the literal value, if you will, of your question, what you breathed on the board. But at a deeper level, it's speaking to class, status lifestyle, family value. Now, now, this is on the left side of the board. So this helps me to build a foundation for moving forward, a foundation to where we are right now and how do we then advance forward. And the fourth card, I often call that my vertebrae or my backbone card in a seven-card throw. It holds the entirety of the reading together, no matter how many questions you have, how many things you need clarified. Now I'm looking at the Ace of Pentacles, the Ace of Pentacles. And the Ace is the most selfish card in the deck. No matter what the question is, it's the most selfish card in the deck. Now, often it's not toxic, it's not negative. It's about self-care, self-awareness, 
self-preservation, doing what's in one's own best interest. But we're looking at a value card, a pentacle, your money, your stuff, your credit, your car, your housing. Is that the extent of what you do? Is there not ministry attached to what you do? Is there not purpose attached to what I you do? Is that Keona or is that, that, or is that Candace? I think that was me. Yeah, if, if I could speak for me. Yeah, this please, is Candace. Please do. I mean, I don't want you to think that that was the basis of my question. It's just that everything is taking off kind of fast for me, and I don't have a lot of clarity about why my life is moving so fast in this way. You know, even though I know that you know, I have been called, I'm just moving so fast for me, it's hard for me to grasp a hold of what is going on. Really, okay. that's really why I'm coming. I hear you clearly. I've been doing this 40 years. I'm in my mid-50s. I hear you clearly. I heard your question clearly. And I tried to give you an opportunity to fix it, to clean it up. But you spewed it out there. This looks singular. This looks, this looks like a path that's only about yourself the money attached to it, the material stuff attached to it, the lifestyle that's attached to it, the look that's attached to it. You suggested I'm new. I don't have a lot of information. I don't have a lot of training. That's on the board. A relationship formed brand new with very little information to go on, very little guidance. So from the perspective of your guide, this ain't my opinion. That's why I asked you not to give me all those details. This is what's on the board. From God's perspective, from destiny's perspective, from the ancestors' perspective, yeah, you're doing great if all you care about is yourself. If all you care about is how much money am I making? Where is the ministry? Where is the work? And that's implied in your question. I don't have guidance. Where should I... Speak your elders. Speak people who are already in position. Speak systems that are already in place and then get some clarity about what it is that you're doing. This is your destiny. This is your destiny. But I, I compare it to me being able to play the piano at three, at four, at five, by ear. All I had to do was hear the song. He liked the song enough to, to want to learn the song and just hear it four or five times. And then I could play it by ear, but that's mimicking. That's not someone who knows how to read music, write music, who know what the musical notes on the paper mean. You understand? So you are pulling from intuition. You are pulling from spirit. But this is somebody who's pulling without any guidance whatsoever and who might only be focused on what's material, what's physical, what's current, and not the deeper stuff, what lies deeper. What's on the right side of the table is a six of rods, a king of pentacles inverted or upside down, followed by a six of coins in its upright position. Now, your number six is, beloved, that's my leadership number. 
That's the person who is the boss, who is the head, who should be in charge, who, who very well might be independent, self-employed, doing for herself much of what you, the picture you tried to paint for me in your question. That's on the table. But the rod represents the homework, the study, the practice, being mentored, being initiated, doing the book work, doing the laboratory work. Those are your rods. Rods show up in career, education, how we earn our living, and then personal life that choice. And it's a blessing if how you earn your living, like me, mirrors and matches and lines up perfectly with who I am. Spirit. But your two of cups is upside down. It's almost as if this thing that's working for you is in opposition to what's really going on in your life. And listen, I'm trying to be respectful. There are things that I can see oh, that, I no, can I'm, I'm that I can't say out loud on air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wouldn't want to. But check your peer group. Make sure that... I don't have a peer group. <laughs> say that again? What do you mean? Like friends? Like friends and uh, relatives? What do you mean by that? No, no, no. Repeat what you said. Well, most of the time, I spend a lot of time alone, and like you said, studying. I take care of my children. You don't have time to say all of that. All I said was check your peer group. I thought you wanted me to say that. I'm sorry. When you ask me something and you tell me don't say nothing, it's confusing, so I'm sorry. Beloved, hear my question and then respond. You're interrupting before you even hear my question. What I started saying, I said, I said, check your peer group, and then you interrupted me to say what? What did you say? Oh, I just wanted you to clarify what you meant by peer group. That's not what you said. You didn't interrupt me and say, could you please clarify what you said? That's not what you said. Did, did you, do you even remember what you said? Well, what I said was I don't have a peer group. We're talking about, like, There's the truth. There's the truth. There's the truth. And so, are you talking about friends, sir? Are you talking? That's what I'm saying. Are you talking about friends? Are you talking about family? Because, like I said, I've devoted my life to people, and honestly, my family will tell you that every single day I'm here and I'm listening to other people, and I'm always there for people every day. So when you say that what I'm doing is selfish, I would disagree with that because I put other people's needs in front of mine every day, all day. And the reason why I asked about what is happening, because it ha- I know that my ancestors are leading me. They are leading me. But the thing is, it's going so fast. So I wanted to know, as far as my destiny, I know that what I'm doing is right. I, don't, I, don't, I know that because I'm helping people, and I'm also helping my own bloodline. I was able to find my own grandmother after 40 years of her being here. I'm doing this, but I don't have a lot of uh, why you need me? Why are you here? You're an expert reading. What you need a reading from me for? Why are you here? I said, check your peers. And you, and you took that and ran. And then you asked, well, did, did you mean this peer? Did you mean? 
and you still never gave me a chance to say. Not one moment. And I'll let you talk because everybody who's witnessing this right now, I want you to go back and listen to it in the archive again. All I said was check your peers. You are doing (laughs) what I suggested from the very beginning, beloved, that you not do. You came already with a picture painted of who and what you think you are. And you want me now? No, I, I, you, I think it's going to mute again. It's going to mute me again. So. Yeah, because you keep talking over me. You keep talking over me to tell me how great you are. And I asked you, why did you come? What did you want to hear from spirit? Now, that don't mean you have to agree with spirit. That don't mean you have to like it. That's part of growing up. That's part of being a mature spiritualist of any practice, of any tradition. But based on what you said, how you worried your questions, even after I kept saying, beloved, you give me too much detail. Beloved, don't say that. And every time I unmute your mic, you give me more details about how fabulous you are as a reader. So why do you need my opinion? Why do you need to hear from spirit? Because I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not here to confirm anybody's reality of how witchy they are, of how psychic they are. If I ain't never had no reading from you, where's your public record of, of you giving readings and you, you providing this wonderful, fabulous service? And, 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 and I come back to my original question. You don't want to hear me. You don't want to hear from spirit. You just want to talk. <laughs> That's why I stopped to allow you, Candace, to talk. And, and, and all you're telling me is, I'm doing so fabulous, but I ain't got no direction. Can you help me? And I'm trying to give it to you. I'm trying to give it to you. And, and you won't let me. You won't let me. I'm telling you what's in front of my face on the board. I see somebody with destiny on their side. I see somebody with leadership potential. I see somebody moving, just like you said, quickly and fast ahead but so fast that she's not willing to listen to nobody talk. She's not willing to absorb somebody who's been doing this for 40 years. And every time I, I try that's to... Why, will you ask, am I, can you hear me? I think I was muted. Yeah, we, we can all hear you. We can all okay. hear you. Okay. Because we keep going back and forth to say muted and unmuted. But if you ask me why I called in, it's honestly because I do watch your show and I do respect what you do. So I ask these questions because I wanted to know what you get from spirit, but do I need you to, you know, to to tell me that, you know, I'm a selfish person and that what I'm doing is just not good. That's just that's, I, I just, I can't really take that in because every day people are telling me that what I'm doing is helping their lives. So if so people that are telling me that I'm helping their lives, that's wrong. I'm not, that's not right. Where is your legal, public record of operating in spirituality and religion? Where is the record of your clients? All the clients that you're trying to convince me right now that you've done so much wonderful work for, where is the footprint of that? The people, the people that I'm assisting and that I'm helping. That's where you okay. get that information from. I've never told 
Where is the public record of that? Where the are their are the, the people are listen, I don't I don't do I don't like doing debates and I know that in our community we like to do a lot of debating. So I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna let you speak. Well actually if the reading is over, I'm gonna go ahead and disconnect because I don't I don't do a lot of reading and I don't like to have to that doesn't help, you know. I just really just wanted to hear your insight because, like I said, you are a wise person. But going back and forth about who I am and who you are, I'm not going to do that. That doesn't help. I'm glad you called. I'm glad that this is recorded and on tape, visually and audibly, so that everyone can go back and listen to it, Okay. Yeah, I would do a lot of debate. I know that our community loves the debate. I'm not going to do that. So I appreciate you. Thank you. I'm not here to debate. Thank you. I'm not here to debate. You're a debater. I'm not here to debate. We offered you a reading, not a debate. We offered you a reading. And in the course of that reading, I asked you, don't give me any details. Don't give me any details because I'm not here to confirm what you might think or already believe. That would be my opinion. That ain't a reading. That would be my opinion. You asked me to go into spirit based on your question. And I gave it to you. And your demonstration right here. You're not trying to hear me. You're not trying to understand my position. You're determined that I came in already magical. I just need you to confirm that. I'm confirming someone who's probably twenty six years old, who's been exposed to this practice, this culture, just like you said, for a year, a year and a half or two, who's never had any kind of training. And it's on the board. And my question was, where's your public record? I have a public record. Where's your footprint of the people that you suggest you're helping? You've done such great work for. Where's that public record? I'm registered at the Better Business Bureau. Are you? Where is the record that I can pull up of your client saying, wow, she did great things for me? You don't introduce that kind of information in a reading. You don't introduce that kind of information in a reading. <laughs> And then expect me not to respond to it. Keon, are you with me, beloved? I'm here. Um, a lot of times the people don't realize, um, a lot of spiritualists do not do readings to people who are new on this path for that very reason. When you go into a reading, there's proper protocol. You're only supposed to give, in most cases, not on this particular platform, but if it's one-on-one, your name and date of birth. And then you shut up. Spirit is moving. Spirit knows you. If you're coming from the magic book, it says that I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Hush. You have to be a student first. And she be said quiet. that. She didn't use that word, but she said, I, I don't have a lot of direction, a lot of guidance. The, but, I, but now you a master reader and, and, and i somehow crossed the line with you? Oh, my God. She operated from ego, but I'm telling you, once she gets the proper training, she has so she much to offer to humanity. 
It's on the board. She she's going to be powerful and change lives, but she got to learn first. And she can't come in saying that she knows because you have intuition. No. That's, that intuition, that's amazing. But when you go operating in divination, it's, a, it's protocol. No, you can't do that. And then she became, and then she changed the whole energy. She she was in the presence of spirits, and she behaved like that. You and don't do said, that. Every time I talk, she cut me off. Every time she I doesn't talk, even she... realize that she turned her back on her ancestors. She turned her back on her spirit guides. She don't even understand what she just did. She don't even understand that she showed her ass in front of her spirit guides and her ancestors. Don't do it. It wasn't about you. They were speaking. She was showing disrespect to them, not you. It ain't about you. She showed her entire ass in front of in front of them, and then she turned. Then she walked out on them. Don't do that. Yeah, I'm not offended. I'm not offended. Area code nine one two. Who's calling and where are you calling from? Area code nine one two. Hi, your highness. Can you hear me? Uh, Jeff barely. Speak up. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, who's calling? Where are you calling from? This is Kimberly McTall calling from Savannah, Georgia. Hey, how you doing, Kimberly? Hey, sweet. I just had uh, two dreams about you back-to-back before. I'm sorry. I'm going to get to the question. I just wanted to let you know uh, the two dreams I had last night, you had a church in both of them. Wow, that's powerful. I, I, I don't that. know if it, it's no problem. Is that you were at the podium and everyone was in a beautiful African dress, and you were um, it was like a first day opening and celebration. Well, I'm great church. Like I yes, hope that manifests. <laughs> yes, indeed. But, um, I, I, I received it. It's already in motion. Yes, claim it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But, um, did, did you have another question? I, I, uh, yes, uh, I wanted to know. It's kind of a dark area. Uh, should I take my oldest sister to court and sue her? She is the executor of my deceased mom's property. There's three of us. I'm the baby. And she sold an entire house behind me and my other sister, Heather's back. There's been mm-hmm. some things she's been hiding. And mm-hmm. Heather wants me to pray about it. I'm mad. Yeah. I'm the poor one, you know. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I do. And to answer your question um, directly, absolutely, your first card out the gate is the Ace of Swords, the Ace of Swords. And again, my eighth mm-hmm. are the most selfish card in the day. Do for self. Oh, wow. Self, look out for your own best interest, but it's upside down, suggesting you have not been fighting for your own best interest, suggesting that others have, and, and that's why you sort of are in this legal bind, you know, with your sister. Um, it's followed by the Knight of Rod. Some readers call that a wand. That is my homework sign. How do I fix it? How do I repair it? How do I change it? How do I go about it? How do I direct or point my energy at a thing? And this night often represents real physical movement, moving in, moving out, moving away, mm-hmm. some sort of transfer or commute. 
and it's followed by the three of swords, inverted or upside down. And again, your upside down cards are being directed by God and destiny, but also your sister and other people that might be involved in the reading. And these three cards help me to establish the foundation coming in, the basis coming in to the reading. Three is also my offensive leadership number, things that are predetermined, well thought out. You didn't dreamt about it. You've envisioned it. So these representing you absolutely taking action, moving on what you already know, what you already anticipate, that I'm really going to have to sue my sister. She, she just ain't going to do this right. She's just not going to do this, you know, on love. She's just not going to do it because it's the right thing to do. You are going to have mm-hmm. to sue her. What's not going to change is the emotional back and forth between the two of you. In the fourth position is the eight of cups, inverted or upside down. And that number represents or don't change. So to the left is sort of this legal back and forth y'all been going through um, over the house, mm-hmm. over the property, over the land. And, and who mm-hmm. is occupying the land? Because I'm seeing somebody. Nobody. No, it's sitting there molding everything mama worked for. Just, oh, wow. Just molded, you know? She yeah. wanted me to have her car. The car is sitting in the yard, rotting. What did that benefit? He's fine, you know. And she thinks We're, she's God's right hand. Yeah. And God yeah. told me this. God told me that she's a fake Christian. And I'm tired. Religion and spirituality is a powerful thing, and especially with us, with Black people. And in our community, mm-hmm. uh, and and we we heard the voice of God, and we heard spirit, and we heard ancestors, and then we look <sighs> at the demonstration, you know, the behavior, you know, that that people demonstrate, not understanding that they're clear, their true intention is crystal clear, their true motivation mm-hmm. is not, particularly from from people like you and I, um. So the the Queen of Pentacles that follows. This eight of cups suggests a, a whole pattern that is broken by you taking legal action, legal authority. And there's something that binds the two of you together. I'm sure it's because you are sisters and, and to some degree it's in the wording. It may be in the wording of the will that your mother yes. left, which helps I can't you. Even, I can't even see the will. <laughs> what you mean you can't see it? I don't know how, but she won't let me. You have to have an attorney. Once you get an attorney that files the appropriate paperwork, that, those documents have to be revealed to you. They have to. Oh. But you can't pull it out without either knowing the law on your own or hiring an attorney. Most people don't know enough about the law, so we hire an attorney to sort of go in and fight for us. But I'm sure there's a clause. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're, the, you know, the biological descendant, there's got to be a clause that allows you to see and have access to. The queen is followed by an inverted or upside down two of swords, and that represents the, the partnership, the relationship between you and the sister. And so there's something legal on paper that ties you together that you need to investigate, that you need to bring forward in order to win, ultimately win what's, what's 
right to you, but what's owed to you. What follows is a three of rods. This is your second number three in the seventh card. That is offensive leadership. Mm-hmm. It's also my homework sign. So without you making a move, without you seeking to protect your rights, you're going to continue to lose with her. There is something in the paperwork that she does not want you to see. But she expects that you don't have enough wherewithal. Don't, that I won't investigate it. <laughs> That's what people tell me at my job. She's hoping you don't look into it. If it came for her, right. you probably could have inherited the house. <laughs> and you can't be fearful of the law. You can't be fearful of, you know, well, it's big words and big land. You can't be fearful of none of that. And, and you can't really be fearful of um, the idea that it might be really expensive for you to get legal uh, protection. Uh, all it requires is you to look and, and be aggressive enough to look. And you'll find the right legal team that is either going to be free, pro bono, or it's not going to be brutally expensive to sort of help you to figure this out. I would look in your community. I would look at community-based organizations um, and then ask, mm-hmm. have an attorney. It, does an attorney work on your staff? And, and the reading predicts that you find that information and that you secure because nobody can give a reading about the future, but without being able to tell what the person that's being read will or will not do. And so I see you doing the homework. I see you online. I see you investigating. I see you going from attorney to attorney and then finding the mm-hmm. one that gets it and, and wants to help you to uncover what's hidden. Your name is in that document. There's, there's no other reason. There's no reason to keep it hidden from you. Oh, you thank you so much. I, 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 I just love you to death. I really do. <laughs> Kiona, just, oh, thank you guys so much. Thank you for calling in, Kimberly. I'm here for you. Area code. Oh, I was to... oh, go ahead. Oh. Can, I, can we still send gifts to the Domain Street address? I'm sorry, say that again. Can we still send gifts to the Dumaine Street address in New Orleans? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm not girlfriend, I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm not You like cheesecake? We're not going anywhere. But thank you. <laughs> thank you kindly. I appreciate that. Erico two five four. Please forgive me, two five four. I, I know we're running out of time. I'm just not opening your mic. Erico two five four. Who's calling or where are you calling? Two five four, did you have a question? I guess not. You just lowered your hand. All righty. <laughs> Moving right at all. Um Shana, you're still with me. Sterling is still with me. Of course, Kiona is still with me. And 254, if you change your mind and you have a question, uh, just press the number one and raise your hand again, and I will open your mic. I'm also grateful for those who've been with us in the chat. Um, Can be the light. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate your comments. Not a debate not an argument. You know, when I'm doing the reading, it's spirit. And and once humans get involved, me or the person I'm reading, 
the connection is done. It, it, it's closed. So, but I appreciate you. I do in your comments. I do. All is a blessing. Uh, Keona, am I missing anything in the chat, beloved? No, um, everything has been covered. Um, you know, this is a, just want to, you know, thank the spirit guys and the ancestors for, for showing their presence and showing up. People have to also realize is that when when divination is taking place, it may not necessarily be today. Also, as you say every day, when you're operating from a place of ego, you're operating from a very dangerous place. You never exalt yourself above spirit and ancestors. Never. Never say how much you've helped anybody. You ain't helped nobody do nothing. The ancestors bless you with everything you've got, even your breath, even the blood that runs through your veins. You haven't done nothing. You are a servant. You have to understand first and understand first and submit to your calling. Otherwise, like, this life will drag you to your bones. This is this is not a game. Just because you have intuition, it was given to you to, to be a gift to humanity. Don't ever say, oh, I helped many people in my life. You ain't helped nobody. You were gifted to be able to give and be a blessing. Walk in that, but first be a student. When the, when the divine presence in tells you what, what was experienced as an adolescent and what was experienced all the way up through adulthood, that wasn't a game. People committed suicide because of what they went through, because of homelessness, because of being ostracized. You gotta you gotta come on. You can't be like that. I never give a fake reading ever. I would never give a reading based on my opinion ever, ever, ever. I read from spirit. Once humanity gets into it. It's done. The, the, it's over. The connection is done. If, if I can't hear from spirit without interrupting it, or you can't hear from spirit without interrupting it, it it's done. Mm-hmm. Say that again, beloved. To say that you've done anything to help somebody, that's already ego. Yeah. I, I don't want to that, but she... she Validated my what I said about that eighth of pentacles right then on the spot. She she confirmed it, and, and that's why I kept going back to your question. What do you want to hear from spirit? Your question, not your story, not your details, and and that's how these fake psychics get y'all. Y'all too quick to to discuss details, too quick to to tell your story and your version of the story. And your version of the story is great, but that ain't why you go to see a reader. That's not why you seek a reader. If you believe and understand that clarity about your version, roll with your version, beloved. Roll with your power. You don't need me. You don't need my advice. You don't need the intercession. Roll with that. But if somebody says, I want to hear from spirit, I'm so glad this was recorded. How many times did I say that? Your question, beloved. Don't, don't give me the details. Get to the question, because I can only give you what Spirit says. That's all I can give you. I can't give you any more than that. I can't give you any less than that. My name rides on it. My reputation rides on it. My very vocation as a reader rides on it. So I can't get personal. No, I hear all kind of reasons every day to just blow my hair back. Honey, people with all kind of extraordinary sexual lives and social lives and Dating lives and business lives, and I, I can't judge none of that. I can't give my opinion about none of that, not in the context of a reading. Now, now, when the beloved called, um, 
about her dream, girl, talk on. She, she's sharing her dream. She's been asking for a reason. She's asking for a spirit confirmation. Get on top of it. Get on top of it. Yeah, we can hear you. No, she needs a brush. Mom, she's not getting cold. Just stay back. She needs a brush. Um, Shane, I just had to mute you, girl. You know we can hear you. We can hear all about the brush and, and the kids, and you are live on air. <laughs> but I just muted you, so you're okay. Um, listen, we got a few minutes left. I'm going to move forward shortly. I appreciate your questions, your comments, your requests. Please, if anyone, please, um, and, and particularly about the reading. You know, if, if you understand it and you get it, I'd like to hear from you. If you don't get it and and you thought I went to the left, I, I would like to hear from you too, you know? And that's why I kept referring back to not only Candace, but Kiona. I'm like, girl, did I, am I crazy? Did I fall off? <laughs> you know, did, did everyone else hear how we sort of got to that point in the conversation? Uh, thank God for technology and, and, and recording. <laughs> this is a wonderful thing a wonderful thing. And and the success that she speaks of, it, it's on the table. It's on the table. But also ego stood up in the middle of the table. Ego, carnal, material understanding. You know, people can gather 50,000 followers on Instagram. People can gather 100. I know somebody get 100,000 likes on, on almost every video. Almost every video. That don't mean it's a content. It might be entertaining. People might enjoy it, you know, but that don't make it life transforming. That doesn't make it hold some, some, some gravity. And if you remember, Keon, earlier in the show, I talked about once we get on camera, once we get online, once we get on Facebook, Twitter, there's an element of entertainment there, whether you want it to be or not. People are either going to see your post as entertaining or not. People are either going to see your post as boring or not. So, so we ain't got to agree to it. It's just built into what social media is. It's not why I do readings. That's not why I do consultations. People either want to hear from spirit or they don't. And I will stop talking. I'll, I'll get quiet and, and allow a person to speak their peace, speak their mind. But, but let me tell y'all a dream that I had. There's a coven of witches in this dream. And, and they mixed among us in the dream. Some of us were working with them. Some of us were roommating with them. It was a crazy dream. It was like a town of us from this shared sacred space. And then there's this coven of witches. But you couldn't see the witches. Because we all witches, right? We all spiritual and, and, and magical practitioners. But this particular group was kitten among us. And so there were no outward visible signs. But just like alien or just like a parasitic entity, they could then inhabit the bodies of other humans and sort of control what they do. Or not do. And more importantly, not do. Because in the dream, 
they limited the people who they could, the host body they could possess. They limited their clarity, their ability to hear clearly or, or to see clearly or, or to understand clearly. And, and no matter how simple the demonstration, no matter how clear, you know, the demonstration, if the, if the human host had been infected by this coven of witches, this is in my dream now, um, nothing made sense to them. It was black, they saw white. It's red, they saw green. You know, there, there was no clarity. So it was almost like a, a zombie apocalypse, but you didn't know who was infected. Almost like coronavirus. You didn't know who was infected un until you reached that point in the transition where the man behind the curtain started showing up. You know, the wiring started showing up. The words weren't in line with, with the action. So you knew that this person was, you know, a host body was now zombified and was sort of there and was going through sort of the motions that these, this coven of, of witches had infected them with. Um, and it was real scary too, because I couldn't identify not on the surface, black, white, red, yellow, Hispanic, Asian. There was no outward signs of who had, who was carrying sort of this, this hidden entity, this hidden spirit, until it came time for clarity, and, until we started trying to communicate. And I'm saying, you know, doe a deer, a female deer, ray a drop of golden sun, me a name, I call myself a long way to run. And they was like speaking Taiwanese or Cantonese, and it, was, and it was like no connection. So as we all have been doing, trying to bring clarity to the weather, trying to bring clarity to the coronavirus, trying to bring clarity to sort of the world that we live in right now, that we live in today, consciousness is being actively tinkered with right now. Hear me clearly. I often refer to it as co-and-tell. I often refer to it as, you know, the man behind the, 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 the curtain, like in The Wizard of Oz. This, this hand that we don't see, the government says it's Russia. They say it's, it's the Ukraine. I say it's co-and-tell, and, 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 and quite possibly a, a, a much bigger entity in which now each and every one of us might be a party to and influencing what is truth. What is truth? What is the reality? And so I exist in, in truth, absolute truth. I'd much rather go through the fire. I'd much rather hear the hard news. I'd much rather know the, 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 the dark, shadowy information so that I can confront it, so that I can eliminate it, so that I can rise up and be the God and the goddess that the creators divine us all to be. Everything else for me is foolishness. Everything else for me is ego. Entertainment is great. I'm not here to be entertained. If the show is entertaining, hallelujah. I bobo if the show is entertaining. But that's not why I'm here. That ain't why I'm here. 
I'm here to speak the truth, to set you on the path of truth, to lead you into your greater truth so that you then can rise. And still I rise like Maya Angelou. Thank you all for being with me. Um, no one else have anything to say? <laughs> come, come on now. I'm going to shut it down momentarily and move forward. Keon, am I missing something in the chat? No, it's just that reading um, what Candace threw us, threw us off. I'm like, everybody is at a place of awe right now. Yeah, everybody is. I would like to say, no, that's not, not the energy, but I, I guess it is. Um, I, I, I welcome the opportunity to speak to it. Um, and if there anybody else present in the room, but to get to the period on it, you're not hearing me. If I can't get to the you're not here to hear me. You're here to exalt your ego. And none of us are here for that. Not even my own. If I came here and exhausted my ego for three hours every day, none of you would be here. None of you would be here. My footprint is in the work. <laughs> my footprint is in the God children who have publicly documented what I'm doing with them and for them. Where's your footprint? Where's your footprint? That, that's all I ask. Don't tell me how great you are and you have no footprint. Don't tell me how many walls you're, you're, you're breaking down and it ain't recorded, documented anywhere. That, that's all. Where's your footprint? Where's the evidence? And right now, right now, who's, who's working? Who's working against the virus? Who's working this presidential election? Who's working the economy with all your notions of, of work? Who, who's working reality? That's what this revolutionary voodoo is about. Who's working reality? Who's working for the freedom and liberation of, of people of color everywhere? Who's working for the right for a young black man to jog through his neighborhood and maybe stop and, and take some curiosity at a construction site? For less than three minutes Who's working that Who's working justice in that Come on now Come on I'm about to get worked up y'all And it's too close to the top of the hour Another thing I want to say I want to say something too A lot of times people read tarot There are many systems in divination We all know that But just because you're able to operate from intuition And Open, you were, first of all, people don't even open a divination properly. Who's speaking? And then, if y'all are talking much, as she was doing, how is spirit getting a word in edgewise? I can't talk. You can't talk. And spirit can't all talk at the same time. And you certainly can't be, ah, uh, no, but, but, but I said no. But, but but I'm living this way and I need what you come to me for. And I ask that more than once. What is your question? What do you need to hear from spirit? Don't try to convince me how great you are. Beloved, I, that's every day. That's every day. That's every DM. That's every instant message. That's almost everybody who, who who's on Instagram. Everybody is fabulous. People don't know that you actually are, that, that you have a millionaire clients. People don't realize that. You're not on here. You're on here to serve and to help. You don't have to get on here ever. 
You're on here to help humanity, which is what you agreed to. People have to understand that. When I don't know nothing, I'm a student every day. I'm grateful for every breath that I breathe. Spirit say you need to cut that attachment and get your shit together. I already told you what to do, then you need to do it, but you can't do it with this because you're slowing the process down. You had to you had to ask me, was I still here? Am I right or wrong? Yeah. And you know I yeah. talk too much. Yeah. I ain't say a word because I know I know how to perform. I know how to act in divination because I know you're not speaking. You're the vessel, but you're not speaking. But you also proved one of my points, and I said it at the time of your call. I said, you're not saying anything because I'm right on point. People usually don't interrupt. People usually don't interrupt unless they have questions or they want to challenge what's on the board. They want to challenge what's on the board. Now, we weren't doing the kind of reading where you could say, oh, well, that's not factual or that doesn't mirror the nature of my question. And every time she interrupted me, she repeated back to some degree what I said as, as to what was being represented on the table. She just didn't agree that she was operating in her ego, like a lot of young people under 26 do. They, they, oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm 20. I'm good. You know, I've, I've been reading since I was 18. And, and, and when people tell me they're a reader, I, I like to hear more information. Read what? Read what exactly? Keona, you just said that, you know, just because you're a tarot reader doesn't mean you've mastered divination. Just because you're a tarot reader doesn't mean you've mastered tarot. I know people who see these signs and have no clue what they represent, have no clue what they mean. That's why I keep sending y'all back to the secret teachings of the ages, because it's in that book. Card for card, it's in that book. And so now you're reading tarot. You're not reading a person. You're not reading, oh, well, I feel their energy. That's, that's not a tarot reading. That's not a tarot reading. That energy has to go along with the card. You have to be able to apply, what does this queen mean about you in this moment? What is it saying about your question in this moment? And pentacles represent carnality, material things, physical things. Financial things, all the things that she said. I'm doing great. I'm doing excellent. I'm helping so many people. All the things that she said, right? But it was inverted. So, Jesse, you're not even in control of it. I know dope dealers that's doing well. They're not in control of that. They ain't got no real business. Do people not realize these gin and demons whispering in your ear? They're on the they're on the opposite side too. They can see these demons will bless you. These gin will bless you and. Man, she planned. You need to learn. This is not for kids. I know. Opium. Jen would sit there and tell her about people's whole life. I know heroin addicts who sit down in the French Quarter, Jackson Square, of course, without the virus, every day and do readings. And swear they know tarot. And swear they in touch with spirit. And like Keona said, what spirit? What Jen? What devil? Who actually is speaking through you in the reading? And, and don't keep saying, but I'm understudy. I haven't had a whole lot of experience. I haven't had a whole lot of guidance. And then the minute I repeat that back to you, you shut me down. Then the minute I say, I'm looking at somebody that's really young, that 
is operating on ego, not on knowledge. Nobody who's operating on knowledge under 35. Nobody. Nobody. Whether you're talking about your life, whether you're talking about your job, whether you're talking about your relationships, we're we going on what we feel, what we know to do, what we think we know to do, and the good advice of people around us, maybe. We step into our wisdom at 40, at 50, at 60. And like you, Keona, I'm still learning. Every single day, I humble myself to knowledge. Every single day. I had a challenging day yesterday. I had a challenging client yesterday. I went to my elders. I got off that call and went to my elders. Check check me. Just like I asked Keona to do right now. Girl, am I crazy? Is it me? Did, did I say something wrong? Oh, I'm so glad this is live on air and it's recorded because if I'm wrong, call me on it. P- point me out on it. Oh, well, you could have. But you heard the conversation. <laughs> I held up Nothing the call. Nothing is for free. Okay. Nothing is for free. You cannot give divination. Everything is give and take. You cannot open a divination and do a divination and then say that you have all these material possessions. What are you giving in exchange for that? What are you giving in exchange for those material possessions? Did you think about that? People don't realize that. Everything is a give. It's it's a cost to carry that Louis Vuitton. It's a cost to carry that uh, that Target bag. It's a cost to breathe. It's a cost. What are you willing to pay, masters? 